And now, Chuck and Ruff go to the movies. Mine's going through the opening credits right now. Uh, I am four miles outside of Lockjaw, Kentucky right now. Nah. All the cows are about to run by. Mm, I know, I bet it did smell Smell good. Smell barbecue. Is it Korean? Uh, was it Korean, Korean New Year? New Year. <laughs> How racist is that? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <Right>. Sorry. <laughs> I is thought it Korean about New New Year smells great. <laughs> no, no. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Chuck and Ruff Go to the Movies. My name is Jeffrey Chuck Norris, and I am joined by my brother and fellow nerd Robert Ruff. Robert, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Like I told you just a moment ago, it is a day off for me, which is a luxury nowadays. Ever since I got this promotion, I feel like I'm being pulled in several different directions. But, you know, it's just nice to be able to sit down and have a day off and actually uh, concentrate on something I love doing, which is talking about movies. I know that sounded extremely corny, and I'm probably going to edit that out. Let's just be honest. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. I'm excited to be here today. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Are we doing a community podcast or what? Nah, I did watch a couple episodes the other day. Nice. I thought about doing a rewatch since I just finished Big Bang Theory, but uh, we'll talk about that when we get to that section of the podcast. So, we don't have any guests joining us again this week, which is fine, because you and I have a really great conversation to talk about today. And uh, before we dive into it, though, I always have my requests as usual. Be sure to give the show a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is the best way to keep up with everything that is happening on the show. I know I've been a little not active on these things the last couple weeks, fans, and I'm very, very sorry about that. Uh, Like I said, I've had a lot going on at work, but things are regulating now, and I'm going to be diving a lot more back into all of that. So I'll be a lot more active on there, and you'll start seeing a lot more posts and a lot more stuff to interact with. But still... Follow us on there, because it is the best way to keep up with everything that's happening. Rate and review the show wherever you are capable of doing so. It has been a while since our show got a review on Apple Podcasts. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, If you love what we're doing, hey, go out there and share that love. We'd love to hear it. And make sure you're subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcast from. Never miss an episode and encourage everyone you know to do the same. Now, it's time for us to sit down and hopefully, hopefully not create an interstellar war. And let's talk about... We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger down here. (laughs) Wrong movie. (laughs) No, but nice reference. Like that. (laughs) Let's sit down and uh, let's head to the theater and go through all of our fun stuff. So, like I said, we don't have any guests joining us again this week, so we're just going to skip right to the part where we talk about the things that we have been watching, movies, and we even throw TV shows out there. So what have we been watching lately that we would like to recommend to our viewers out there, Robert? Well, about 10 minutes ago, I um, watched the first episode, I finished the first episode of Squid Game. (gasps) <gasps> love that show okay what'd you think you did it's it's interesting um it's kind of slow slowly up to it but but um did you watch it with the with the subtitles or with okay so from 
I did it wrong from what I understand now. I just read this article the other day to where I watched it English dubbed and I don't that's, normally watch shows like that. Yeah, I don't normally do that. I normally just listen to it in its original language and then have English subtitles on, but I watched the English dub version because that's what Netflix automatically set it to when I started watching the show yeah. and I just never bothered to change it. And now I'm being told that I we actually miss a lot of what's happening in the show because of that English dubbed. We don't get um, a lot of the emotion and stuff like that that's brought out from the original actors and stuff. So you may not understand what they're saying, but you can get that emotion conveyed. So now that I've gone through and I've watched the entire first season... Uh, in English dub and I know what's going on and I can get the gist of it and it, if I don't read the subtitles right away I'm not going to feel lost I want to go back and do a rewatch and I want to listen to it in its original Korean well I yeah, right I heard that um, the subtitles are different from what's dubbed actually like the the language mm -hmm. um, it all conveys the same thing apparently but it's different so I don't know. I just I don't like movies with subtitles. I always feel like I'm missing something in the movie because I'm reading the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, which is why, <laughs> you know, I guess me, with but... something like that, watching the English dubbed version first isn't necessarily a bad thing because then you can like now if you wanted to go back and rewatch it in its original format with the original intent, you won't feel right. as lost. Right. And see, that's what I was thinking, too. Like when I was watching the first episode um that guy seemed really whiny at the beginning of the episode yeah but i don't know if it's because of the way they dubbed it or if that's just how it really was you know uh, i heard the director and creator of the show had a lot of criticisms for the english dubbing of the show and you know of course he he wants you to watch it in the original format oh, yeah. in which it was intended to be watched which is Korean and but he also understands that not everybody speaks Korean so I mean it's just it's one of the things it's like uh, have you ever seen that show dark on Netflix not yet it's a very good show and I'm so glad I chose to watch it in its original language with subtitles which because is you capture a lot more German okay you capture a hmm. lot more with it uh, and now there's a new show, not a new show, but there's another show on Netflix. I'm told that if you like Squid Game, you'll like this one. It's a Japanese show. It's called Alice in Borderland. What does that sound familiar? Uh, uh, you said it's on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I, I think it's called okay. Alice in Borderland. Uh, another another friend Maybe of mine on be... Facebook recommended that to me. He said if it like Squid Games, I'd like this one. Probably because I was, I was going through Netflix the other day trying to find something to watch. I might have passed by. That might be why it sounds familiar. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, I mean, I watched the first episode. Um, I got to stay up all night tonight because I have to work tomorrow night. So I'm probably going to knock the whole thing out today. Uh, yeah, it, it gets so much better. Uh, yes, that first episode is super slow. And without trying to spoil it, that last episode left a lot in my mind to be desired. But everything in the middle was... It was genius. I loved this show. Cool. Yeah, I keep um, getting told to watch it, so that's what I'm doing. I'm glad you decided to sit down and give it a try. Uh, other things, um, I went to the theater the other day. <gasps> Whoa, what'd you go see? 007. How was it? I liked it. Okay. I thought it was good. But, yeah. 
I liked all of Daniel Craig's 007s, though. Yeah, we it's talked element, about uh, this. Qu- we, yeah. we didn't agree on Quantum of Solace, but we agreed on everything right. else. Oh, and uh, Spectre. I, I wasn't crazy about Spectre either. Well, what I like about these Bonds more than the other ones is all the movies are tied together. Yeah, it's one continuous storyline. Right, exactly. So if you go to other Bond movies, I mean, yeah, they have the same characters, but they're not going off a previous storyline, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just doing something completely different. Yeah, it's a new story. Like it's a new these. story. It's right. a new story. Whereas this one, from right. the moment Casino Royale has started, it's been one long, continuous story. So, yeah. And it's all been about Vespa, too, from the very beginning. Oh, oh, he's, oh my she's, 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 she's mentioned in, like, every every movie. Yeah, that's very true. So. I'm probably not going to make it to theaters to see that one, but yeah. It was good. Awesome. Uh, what else did I watch? Uh, I watched You Season 3. Still haven't seen that. Have you show. watched You? No. Oh, you was good. It's good. And then I watched The Muppet Haunted House on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I tried to I watch that, and I couldn't get into it at all. <laughs> it's only like an hour long, so. Yeah. But Gonzo's actually my favorite character, and he's the he's the... The main one in the show, so yeah, but it's just, it didn't feel right without Rizzo the Rat, you know. I thought the exact same thing. I don't know why they used the uh, the shrimp dude. What's yeah, his name? I can't even remember his name. I can't even remember. Pepe. Pepe, there you go, Pepe. Yeah, it's just it yeah, didn't probably, yeah. feel right without Rizzo. I mean, that's just an iconic combination, Gonzo and Rizzo. It's one of the things that makes like Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, that much yep. greater to watch because the play between those two characters is perfect. So I, I don't. I, I'm sure there's some a reason behind it, but I just, I felt like that's what caused it to uh, really go downhill for me. Yeah. Uh, what have you watched? Mm. Well, as usual, I don't have time to watch anything, but I try to squeeze stuff in here and there. So I finally finished. The Big Bang Theory. I've made it all the way to the end, and I have to say that was probably one of the most disappointing endings ever. I don't know. It wasn't There's the most disappointing. disappointing. There's a lot out there, but I mean, I they did Penny wrong. I'm sorry. They spent an entire storyline talking about how she doesn't want to do one thing, and then she ends up doing it uh, right there at the end. I know it was all building up to the Nobel Prize, but that even felt anticlimactic when it happened. And I'm just like, I don't know. After 12 years, I I, I wanted more from the ending, I guess. But whatever. Well, and that's what, like, like last time we talked, I, I said that uh, when shows hit a certain point, it seems like the writing just kind of goes downhill when you have too many too many seasons you know yeah they definitely let that one like go longer in the bottom of the barrel yeah but uh, but hey if networks making money they're gonna keep pushing them out of course i mean absolutely I and mean, there's no doubt that big bang theory was one of the most popular shows of its time and you know it's still popular in reruns and stuff like that it's going to be one of those shows that lives on forever like friends it really is yeah. but like I've always said, I always felt Friends ended at the right time. Many people would say 10 years would be too long. I I felt like they realized it had gone on a little longer than it should have, but I I also felt like they wrapped it up nicely. and They gave it the ending it deserved, and they even left it kind of open for just more stories and stuff like that, which we'll never get, but that's fine too. I'm okay with that as well. But 
Big Bang Theory. Again, I love the show. I'll I'll always love the show. I was just very disappointed in the way it ended. Not like Dexter disappointed, but disappointed. And that show, I what comes up next month? The new Dexter. I know. I've been really debating if I was going to add Showtime onto the Paramount Plus subscription. Well, if you do, let me know because I definitely want to watch it. Yes. Actually, I want to rewatch Dexter before I see that, but. Not enough time. Don't time. Yeah. <laughs> There's not enough time between now and the premiere. But uh yep. I, I, I think I want to rewatch just the last season. There's enough time to squeeze that in just to remind myself really how it ended. I don't need to see it. Well because they're not trying to erase it. In fact, I feel like they're they're going to address it at some point, so I just kinda want to refresh myself on it. So at least they're not trying to erase it. Yeah. I, but uh, anyway, so yeah, I finished Big Bang Theory, uh, so now I've started my rewatch of True Blood, because I never actually finished the show. I only got through the first, like, five seasons, and then stopped watching it. So I started it over from the beginning, and now I'm going to make my way through all of it. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, I only watched that once. Yeah. Uh, A long time ago. Karen and I are sitting there watching it, and we're just like, what? Back in the day, we liked the show, and now we're just like, what did we see in this show? <laughs> I'm kind of almost regretting the rewatch, but I'm started now. I'm committed. Um, and then uh, I started Dune. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. I finished Dune. Blah, blah, blah. I finished the Dune. old movie. No, the new one. It came out already. Yeah, it's on HBO. Oh, I thought oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So I well, finished Dune, I and I thought it was very well done, in my personal yeah. opinion. People aren't going to like it. Cool. But no adaptation is perfect. But I, I really yeah. I really dug it. I, I, I did. It had a very good balance of humor, um, action, drama. It, it, and I feel like the director did it justice. And I hope we get a part two. Um, you'll notice, for those of you who haven't had a chance to watch it yet, when you start the movie and the title of the movie comes on, it says Dune part one we'll see and that's i keep seeing these ads like uh saying dune is the next lord of the rings the next star wars trilogy so it looks like it's gonna have three movies probably and there's a lot of material to work with so i mean this movie was well done and i i, I look forward to more and based off of the numbers that I have been seeing, how it's doing in theaters and stuff like that, if Warner Brothers doesn't give the green light to a sequel, they're idiots. Just throwing that out. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will, too. They're not going to pass up a chance for more paydays. Um, so, yes, I finally finished Dune. I started it one morning, and then I slowly worked my way through it, but really good. I did a rewatch of the original Scream. No, oh, nice. I, w I was going to do the whole quadrilogy, but I just decided to stick with number one. Um, that show, Movies That Made Us, just came out with the new season. Yeah, it's like uh, Halloween movies. Yeah, because they have Michael yeah, Myers on the front of it. Yeah, they have uh, I've, ones I've watched. I don't know, it was weird because they're all, they're all horror movies, and then Coming to America's in there. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> but, like um, Coming to so America or Coming to America? No, the first original one. Okay, good. About to say, coming yeah. to America should be on a list of movies we wish we could forget. <laughs> but I watched that, uh, the coming to America one, I watched Aliens. And there was another one I watched, but I cannot remember what it was. 
But anyways, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's literally all I've been watching is just I watched that yeah, Dune, True Blood and uh Scream. So oh and the kids and I have been watching a bunch of Looney Tunes. So since we have HBO, they they've discovered Looney Tunes. So of course, you know, they love things. They they watch all those shows. Uh they watch Space Jam, the original, not the new one. Um good. And uh they like uh, the Looney Tunes movies that, you know, we used to watch as kids and stuff like that, like Daffy Duck's Quackbusters and um, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Uh, so we, we watch a lot of Looney Tunes in this house now. So all the old are on. I'm sorry. There was, say, a, there was one we used to watch. Say that again. All the old Looney, all the old Looney Tunes are on HBO Max. Yeah. There was one we used to watch. We had a. A little flying elephant, I remember. You remember that one? The little, the little Wasn't elephant? The little that was in Quackbusters. Yeah. Yeah. It was that, in, okay. Yeah, that was in Quackbusters because everybody sees this little elephant everywhere and then Daffy's on there yeah. trying to tell the world that it's mass hysteria and everybody's try, seeing the same thing and then the little elephant appears on screen right next to him and he's just like, what? Oh, it exists, you know? Yeah, that, that's Quackbusters. Might need to rewatch that. Yeah, they love it. I have it on DVD, and I just throw it in every once in a while, and then they're just they're glued to the TV. I'm a great parent. I glue my children to the TV. <laughs> yeah, as uh, most parents do. <laughs> you know, for the most part, aside from Looney Tunes, the crap they watch is educational. Okay, with Looney Tunes, they're just learning how to beat each other up in more creative ways. Um, and that's all. That's it. That's all I got for movie TV show recommendations. Cool. Indeed. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, but I have personally been told that Halloween Kills is a trash of a movie and not to waste my time. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> but because it's part of a trilogy, it's the second of a trilogy, I got to watch it because I, I, I liked the first one. I know a lot of people didn't. I liked it, so I kind of want to see what the second one does because obviously I want to know what's going on for the third one. I'm so, but I've been told it's just yeah. an absolute horrible film, which is a shame. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so that brings us to the mystery question of the episode, and it's not so much a mystery question because I previewed it in our last episode that I wanted to talk about this. So here's the opportunity. No, I don't remember what it is. Uh, well, now it's going to be a mystery question to you, I guess. <laughs> um. What are your feelings on the recent casting of Will Poulter as Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy 3? I do not know. When I saw the casting come out, I thought that was weird. Mm -hmm. But it's been, what, five years since Weird the Millers came out? So... He's probably grown up since then. Um, I hear that he's putting in like the work at the gym and stuff and completely like transforming himself into this character. So, hey, I, I don't know. We've never really seen him in a dramatic. Oh, I guess in a dramatic role besides uh, Maze Runner. He wasn't bad in Maze Runner. No, um, I, en I enjoyed him in Maze Runner. I enjoyed him in Bandersnatch. He's kind of weird in Bandersnatch. So, I don't know. Um, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Did you hear that all the movies got pushed back? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it was like only inevitable, months, so. I guess, that they no, because, no. with everything falling behind because of COVID and stuff like that. I know, but still, that I mean, sucks. Doctor Strange was supposed to come out in March. Now it's coming out in May. Uh, Thor was supposed to come out in May. Now it's coming out in like June July. or July or something. Yeah, yeah, everything's being pushed back two months, starting at the beginning of the year. So we still have Eternals about to come out. Mm-hmm. And um, Spider Man is supposed to still come out in in December. Yeah, that one didn't get pushed back, but everything else is being pushed back two months, which sucks. But yeah, I guess it is what it is. It is. I mean, at least at least they're not being canceled or anything like that. You know, yeah. uh, there was while even when James Gunn was rehired back by Disney, that I wondered if Guardians of the Galaxy three was ever going to happen. But um, well, yeah, I, I wanted that. Sh- that should have come out already, but because he went to do this well uh, because, because disney decided to be stupid and do a knee-jerk reaction to something yeah. i mean yeah, well, yeah he went on and did, he did something like, else come back unless he's back so. yeah and then dc's just like hey we got a movie for you to make and you know he like is he supposed to stop working waiting on disney's call no so uh Again, you know, Disney pulled their heads out of their asses. They got James Gunn back. They got everything going with it. Now they just need to start filming it. Uh, but, of course, other things, you know, come into play first. We're going to still see the Guardians, or at least a majority of the Guardians of the Galaxy before the third one with Thor. Um, with with Thor, the fourth yeah. Thor movie. Which, by the way, congratulations to Thor for being the only MCU character thus far to get four freaking movies. Yep. I mean, that's that's awesome. Congratulations to him. Uh, but uh, anyway, back to Will Poulter. I I have nothing against the actor. I think he's actually a very versatile, good actor all the way uh, annoyingly all the way back to the days of oh, the uh, Chronicles of Narnia uh, when he made his first appearance as Eustace. Uh, but, you know, he's he's come a long way since then. You know, We Are the Millers, which is an absolutely funny movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it's funny. Um, he, you've got. Netflix's or Black Mirror's Bandersnatch, uh, an odd movie, but I thought he did a great job with that as well. Um, Maze Runner, uh, you you mentioned that one. So he pops up. He's been in a lot of good movies and he's done a lot of different roles. I'm just, you know, it's an odd choice for, in my opinion, for a role like Adam Warlock. But I got to trust that the MCU knows what they're doing. You know, they've they've put their faith in actors who seemed wrong for these parts before. And these actors have just gone on and stunned. James Gunn knows what he's doing. He put his faith in Chris Pratt. I mean, when we all looked and like Chris Pratt is going to be leading the Guardians of the Galaxy. I remember laughing like this is this is going to be a joke, right? No, it was perfect. He was amazing as Star-Lord. There's a lot... So we gotta trust that James Gunn, Kevin Feige, and everybody over the MCU know what they're doing. I just... Again, it's just an odd casting choice, in my opinion. But James Gunn did have this to say about Will Poulter. He wrote on Twitter that Will is really something incredible. So, he sees the magic there. Let's see if Will can produce that magic. Yep. 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 Cool. Well, and, I guess, yeah, we we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we're just, it is one of those things we're gonna have to wait and see. And yes, he is getting jacked. They recently uh, showed some pictures of him, and he's put he's putting bulk on, and he's putting on the weight. So we'll see. 
Uh, so that ends our mystery question time. Do you have uh, any additional questions that you want to kind of throw out there? Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm good. Perfect. Well, the time for us has... I swear I haven't been drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you watch Free Guy yet? Yes. Well, yes and no. I started it. Yes and no. Didn't finish it. Nope. I didn't like it. What? You're I, weird. I I <laughs> I gave it about 30 minutes and then I just I finally stopped. What? Yeah. I couldn't get into it. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. Sorry. Your loss. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I I don't see the charm in it that everybody else seems to. And I, to thing. me, it's just another Ryan Reynolds movie. It, uh, watch it, the whole thing. There's nothing special it about and watch it. it. Although I did enjoy Hugh Jackman's cameo in it, even though people won't know it's Hugh Jackman. Watch the whole thing. Maybe one day. I'll get there. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, uh, maybe I just wasn't in the mood that particular day. I don't know. I'll, I'll give it another try. I promise I'll give it another try. All right. So the time has come for us to turn our eyes to the sky and embrace the chaos waiting to be unleashed on us all as long as we keep our doves under control. Let's settle down to discuss Mars Attacks. So a quick synopsis of this movie, and I do mean quick. Aliens from Mars have come to Earth. Of course, since the United States is the center of the universe, our government is the one who sets up the initial meeting with them, and when things go awry, it's up to the most unlikely of heroes to save the day. The end. That works. That works. Some fun movie facts. The film was released on December 13th of 1996. It had an estimated budget of $70 million dollars. Did 9.4 million on opening weekend and had a very, very, very low total gross of 101.4 million dollars. This bombed. This bombed big. It has a 55% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and has a 53% audience score. So I'm not surprised about the critic score on this one, but I am a little shocked about the audience score because this has be- gone on to become one of those cult classics. What are your thoughts on this? No, yeah, it's definitely a cult classic. I mean, it made its money back, but it's still bombed. But I remember actually saw, remember seeing this in the theater with my dad when I was when it came out in 96, so I was probably like mm-hmm. 14 or something. You um, were, yeah, you were 14. I was 10. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, for what it is, it's funny. You know, the, the CGI, rewatching it the other day, I was like, man, the CGI is bad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, but that's what makes the movie so good. It's the bad CGI, you know? Yeah. And you got to give them so, props. I mean, it looks good for a 1996 movie. Right. But yeah, I just. I was a little shocked by that audience score. I would have figured after all these years that, uh, you know, people who have seen this movie would have been contributing to that. Um, no, yeah, contributing I mean, that reviews to that to help more. boost that score up a little bit more. There are people yeah. out there who legit hate this movie. But 
<laughs> I, it's got, I guess it's like you just told me with Free Guy, you know, my loss. Their loss, right? <laughs> exactly, their loss. <laughs> but amongst, you know, having such a low critic score, there are a lot of great reviews out there from critics on this, and I've got just a handful here uh, on my arsenal. So the first one is from Gene Siskel, Chicago Tribune. He wrote this. Oh, those Martians. They are funny, mean little buggers, and they're worth checking out. And he gave it a three out of four. Not bad. Peter Rayner from the New York Times. It's a destructo orgy without any phony baloney sanctimony about the fellowship of man or spaceman. And he gave it a full tomato. So that was good there. A full tomato. A full tomato. He doesn't do, like, scores out of five or anything like that. Um... Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader. Uh, As light entertainment, Mars Attacks gave me more pleasure than most other recent movies I've seen. And he gave it a three out of four. Now, I saved the best one for last. Roger Ebert from the Chicago (laughs) Sun-Times. He was not as friendly to this movie, but I love what he wrote. First, he made Ed Wood. He's referring to... um, He's referring to yeah, Tim Burton. Thank you. The director. I couldn't think of the director's name all of a sudden. Uh, so first, he made Ed Wood, a tribute to the man fondly recalled as the worst movie director of all time. Now Tim Burton seems to have made a tribute to Wood's work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he gave it a two out of four. Um, well, of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, but I, I thought that review was kind of funny, and quite honestly, I mean, I like this movie, but I can't argue with the, I can't argue with what he no, said. No, this isn't by any means, I mean, supposed to be a great movie. Mm. It's supposed to be stupid and fun and it's supposed to enjoyable, be, you know? It's supposed to be a B movie be exactly with A stars making fun of B movies. Right. And that's what it was. It just... I guess people, uh, and I'm going to talk about this at length, it's the cast. People see this cast people, and they expect greatness, right. not they're taking silliness. This movie, they're, they're taking it too seriously. It's not meant to be a serious movie. It's meant to be a spoof and a joke and fun, you know? Yeah. It, 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 this predates movies like Scary Movie and things like that. They're not meant to be taken seriously. It's about laughing at yourself and laughing at the situation, you know? So, yeah, this movie was ahead of its time, quite honestly. Yeah. And I think that played into its downfall, but, of course, it also played into its becoming a cult classic. So, that brings us to why are we here to talk about this movie? What brought us here today? Go for it. Awesome. Excuse me. This movie has just been one of those goofy movies that I have loved since, you know, I was a kid. It's stupid yet entertaining from beginning to end. And I truly believe that the thing that makes this movie absolutely iconic is the cast. So I was just talking about that. People look at this cast and they think it's going to be an absolutely amazing movie. And then it ends up being so silly and idiotic that people are, I think people just had a hard time really processing that. And it's one of those movies, you watch it for the cast. That's the draw. That's what probably brought most people to the theater, like Mars Attacks. What the hell is this? It's got Jack Nicholson in it. It's got Glenn Close. It's got Michael J. Fox, Danny DeVito. Oh, man, that sounds like an amazing cast. 
I'm going to go see it. So you're drawn to the movie for the cast. You come for the cast. You stay for the cast. You remember the movie for the cast. But the story, it really is just kind of silly and crazy and ridiculous. And quite honestly, that's the reason I continue to watch this movie is because... It's not the story that keeps me coming back. I just enjoy watching the silliness of all these A-list actors up there. Jack Nicholson especially, and I'll talk about that in a moment. That's that's the type of movie I don't expect Jack Nicholson to be. You know, I expect him to be on that wall. I need him on that wall. Not being a goofy-ass president or playing another role as some hotel entrepreneur who is trying to make deals to have Martians stay at his freaking hotel. Um, it's not like the Oceans movies or even the MCU movies where you fill it with great cast, but it also has an amazing story to go with it. So you're watching the movie for both. I come back well, to this movie for the cast, and that's what yeah, my sometimes draw is. The, sometimes uh, actors want to do something stupid and funny and get everybody together, and that's exactly what this was. Yeah, I mean, um, nowadays, what's the what's the modern version of it? Like Grown Ups. They're stupid movies, absolutely horrible movies, but Adam Sandler has this knack of gathering all these stars together into one movie, and as stupid as they are, as stupid as the acting is, that's one of the reasons I watch Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2, is because I love seeing all the people in it. You know? What's your reason? Um, honestly, you pretty much said everything I could have said. <laughs> yeah. I, I really can't really piggyback any more off what you just said, so. Well, well, then that makes that perfect. <laughs> so then let's talk about this amazing cast. This real, I mean, this, this cast is, it still blows my mind that all these people gathered together in one movie. And this, these are big names in the 90s. So we've yeah. said it once. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson playing two roles in this movie. President James Dale and then the hotel entrepreneur Art Land. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. He is so weird and funny in this movie. I really think Jack Nicholson missed his calling by not doing more comedies. More comedy, yeah. I mean, we yeah, he did anger management. Uh, he won an Oscar for As Good As It Gets. But, I mean, even As Good As It Gets, as funny as that movie was in certain parts, it was more of a drama, let's be honest. But, like, anger management, that's one of the reasons I love watching that movie. Jack Nicholson is so freaking funny in that movie. Um, it's just in watching him just do these comedy things, he, I really do think he missed his calling. So apparently Jack Nicholson actually um, accepted the role without even reading the script. Because he just wanted uh, to work he enjoyed with Tim Burton. Work, yeah. yeah, he enjoyed working with Tim Burton so much on Batman um, and wanted to work with him again. So he said, I'm in. It makes and me wonder if he had read the of, script, would he have done the movie? <laughs> true. Well, apparently that's what got a lot of other actors to commit to because Jack Nicholson already committed. Yeah, seriously, like, you know, I'm also looking at some of this cast list, too, and uh, comparing who ended up in the cast versus the what-if list, it's actually kind of fun to go back and forth, and I'm sure you've done your what-if research, right? I actually don't have too many what-ifs in this one. Ah, so do you have any what-ifs for the role of President James Dale? Uh, 
Let's see. Warren Beatty was originally cast as President James Dale. Yes. And Paul Newman was cast when Beatty dropped out, mm-hmm. but then left the project over uh, the violence the concerns. Yeah. yeah. And apparently Michael Keaton was also considered. Yeah, I also read that when Jack Nicholson was brought on as President Dale, they returned to Michael Keaton to have him play the role of Art Land. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And they it was said that it's because Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton had a good on-screen chemistry, but the two roles never shared any screen time unless right, that was yeah. specific to the fact that it was played by the same character. So maybe Tim Burton decided they didn't need to or played by the same actor. So maybe Tim Burton decided they didn't need to share any screen time. Maybe the, in the original well, script they did when it was planned for two different actors. They were also on two different sides of the country, too. That's true. But nothing saying that he couldn't have traveled or anything like that. No, yeah. There was a, yeah. I've, from everything that I've read about this movie, there were the movie we saw was a lot different than the movie they set out to make. Yeah. Um, it, it went from being a darker, kind of a little bit more horrific film to a family-friendly like comedy. Well, they had a, right, they had to cut out a bunch of it because they didn't want the, the R rating. Yeah. And then it wound up... It, it ended up with a PG rating, didn't it? No, PG thirteen. Oh, did it end up PG thirteen? Yeah. Oh, well, why did that's what IMDb watch it? says? Um. <laughs> so okay, well, yeah. So they they there were the movie we know now is not what they originally set out to make. So there's a very good chance that those two characters were meant to interact more, but we'll never know. So Tim Burton was told repeatedly that he could not kill off Jack Nicholson's character in the movie. This led to the decision to cast Jack Nicholson in two roles and to kill him off on both of them. <laughs> I'm about to say, <laughs> both, both of his characters died. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, that, that's funny. And you know what? There's actually a very interesting uh, factoid about that, too. So the way that the president, uh, the president's character died is through uh, a nefarious handshake when he's shaking hands with... Uh, the Martian, not the Martian ambassador. I think it's like the Martian king or president or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, there in the war room, the hand slips out, crawls all over Jack Nicholson, and then stabs him, ultimately killing him. Well, that mirrors a death scene in 1989's Batman when Jack Nicholson was a Joker and he killed somebody via a handshake. Yeah. So I thought that was yeah the fun. electric buzzer that yeah a little Easter egg. Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Anyway, uh, anything else about Jack Nicholson before we move on? No, I, in fact, I didn't really write down a whole bunch about anybody just because there's so many cast members. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just uh, wrote down all the names. I didn't. I, I didn't write down too much either. But Jack Nicholson uh, was probably you know yeah, since he played two roles was Nicholson. the biggest name in this movie. Uh, his wife, the and first we lady. Got, yeah, we got uh, Glenn Close playing the first lady. Yeah, we got Annette Bidding playing Barbara Land, which Pierce I thought Brosnan. was interesting considering her husband was originally cast in the movie Warren Beatty. Yeah, true. Um, Pierce Brosnan as Professor Kessler. Let's talk about Pierce Danny Brosnan DeVito. real quick. Okay. This is a guy. Seven. This is a guy who this one probably shocks me the most out of anybody being in this movie. He's riding the high of a successful James Bond launch. In 1995, GoldenEye premiered the 
the best James Bond movie. I still, in my mind, number one I, James no, Bond it, movie. I, it is. Ever. Yes. I will never get tired of that movie. So, 1995, he launches his James Bond career, and then he follows it up with this. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to do Mars Attacks. And I think it's just absolutely wonderful. Pierce Brosnan has obviously been on the scene a lot longer than even becoming James Bond. But I, I just, I think it's absolutely amazing becoming this becoming one of the most iconic characters ever and then what's the movie he's going to follow it up with oh i'm going to do mars attacks Mm -hmm. funny and then he follows that up with dante's peak yeah i remember that movie i love that movie it's on hbo by the way uh, the volcano was erupting right yeah really yeah cool watch it anyway that's my Um, that's my little spiel about pierce brosnan so after that we got danny devito who was actually on the um, the poster, his name was on the poster, even though he was only in the movie for like a minute and a half. Yeah, he gets top billing. He got top billing. For a minute yeah. and a half. Yep. That's crazy. Uh, Martin Short. Actually, so David DeVito's name in the movie, it says Rude Gambler. I know. I thought that was funny. So he's an <laughs> unnamed character. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, Martin Short as press secretary Ross. Sarah Jessica Partner Parker as Nat was it Natalie? Natalie. Nat oh it's not Natalie. Don't, don't, the H oh, is yeah. silent. It's Nath Natalie. It says Natalie. Natalie. <laughs> uh I see. Michael J. Fox is Jason Stone. Which, which I saw is that awesome. they went after uh Johnny Depp for that role. Yeah, Johnny Depp turned down that role, which is fine. Uh, maybe he turned it down because it wasn't a bigger role, who knows? But I'm perfectly fine with that. Michael J. Fox, I loved seeing Michael J. Fox. Yeah, oh yeah. And this is if actually not... one of his last on-screen yeah, that's what I was about appearances. To say. Yep. No, last on-screen movies. Because well, he did a lot I, of TV shows after this. That's why I'm sorry. I meant to say on-screen, like big on-screen appearance. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, Spin City was shows. after this. Um, then he was like in episodes of different shows. He did a couple of... He was in Boston, on Boston Legal for a little while. He did some um, scrubs. To some Scrubs episodes. So then he had his own TV show, which came out well, like five years ago. Didn't uh, last only very made long. It like a season. Yeah. I like Spin it's City. It's hard to watch him. I mean, I, I, I love Michael J. Fox, but it's hard to watch him like that, you know? Well, yeah, I know. It's sad. It's absolutely sad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you want Michael J. Fox like you saw in. Uh, back to yeah, the Future. Back to, yeah, Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox. You, you want. Um, Family ties, Michael J. Fox. You don't yeah. you don't want to see in fact in this movie I read that, you know, he was his tremors are apparent if you if you're watching the movie, you can see him like his tremors in some of the scenes, but they managed to cut it in such a way that it looked like he was trembling from fear of the aliens, not just oh. trembling. So good on the editors for doing that. Yeah. Who else? That's the uh Tom Jones as Tom it's Jones. Usual to be loved <laughs> by anyone. Uh, Lucas Haas has Richie Haas. He doesn't do much Natalie. anymore. No. He appears in the most random things like Inception. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in the beginning of Inception. <laughs> um, Natalie Portman as Taffy Dale. Right before uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Jim Brown as uh, Bryson Williams, and uh, who's 
also one of the best running backs in NFL history. <laughs> um, Jack Black, one of his Jack younger Black, roles. As I know. Billy Glenn Norris. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Norrises. And that's all that I wrote down. Did I miss anybody? Excuse me. Goodness. I've got a few more. Christina Applegate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was in it. Yeah. Yeah. As Billy Glenn's girlfriend. His girlfriend. And then an uncredited role. I like this little one here. So playing the voice of the translator, Roger Jackson. Who do you know who Roger Jackson is? Mm, no. He is Should the I? voice of Ghostface in Screams 1 through 4 and the oh, really? MTV TV series. Huh. Yes. Although it does not look like he returned for the new Scream movie. But just a fun little fact there. Roger Jackson. Cool. Yes. And I think that concludes the cast list. Wow, we are flying yeah, through this. Normally by now we're just starting the movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So out of the entire cast list, who is your favorite actor, or actress? Who is it? Man, that's actually a tough one. Um, it's got to be Jack Nicholson, though. I agree. He, he's the whole pick, reason. What's Jack Nicholson? <laughs> I, I I I say Jack Nicholson in general. I you know playing both characters. I mean, yeah. it's just it's. It's awesome. It's silliness, and it's just sometimes hard to believe that you're watching him. He's in all this makeup for the one character and things like that, and it's it's truly is one of his greatest comedic performances. No, yes, it's funny. He does a really good job. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, he's definitely the favorite. Cool. All right. Top scenes or sequences? We are, yeah, we're flying. I don't know. Do do we need to start going on some soapboxes here? Some tangents? I'm sure we will eventually. Uh, uh, so top scenes or sequences? I'll go first on this one. My favorite, uh, favorite scene or sequence is actually the end of the movie. So it's right there at the end. You know, they're cleaning up after all the, you know, they've defeated the Martians and everything like that. And, you know, they're cleaning up and you just see you see, um, you see, what's her face? I can't think of the character's name, but Pam Greer is the actress, by the way. We didn't mention her earlier. Pam Greer is the mother of the two boys there in Washington, D.C. Yeah. She's cleaning up her apartment. Um, and, uh, you know, she's telling the boys to go clean up their rooms and things like that. They go into the room, and there's a dead Martian all over their bed with the green slime everywhere. And they just roll it off the bed, and it literally rolls out of the apartment onto the street. Yeah. <laughs> and then the you realize the that the entire <laughs> wall is just missing, and you're just looking inside yep. all these people's apartments, and nobody seems phased by this. Now, anybody seems phased by this. They're all just going about their lives, cleaning their apartments, living, living their lives with an do? open wall. Well, I don't know what yeah. else they're supposed to do. <laughs> Put up tarp? I don't know. I mean, it can't it can't exactly be easy to keep an apartment clean with just all that fresh air getting in there. Uh, birds can True. fly in at any time. A politician can come by and take over. Who knows? I mean, it is Washington D.C. I mean, <laughs> hell, Byron today. shows up after you think he's dead, and he's just like, "Oh, look, there's my family," and he goes running up to the apartment it, building. 
They blew up Congress. <laughs> That's <laughs> there's no politicians. They blew up Congress. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. At the at the award ceremony there at the end of the movie, it, all it is it's the president's daughter. Is she the president now? I like, wonder that too. I was is like, there a oh, line of succession okay. where the first oh. kid becomes the president if the entire government is wiped out? Right. So they blew up Congress and the president's her parents dead. died and all the generals are dead so yeah who who runs the, the country where's the designated survivor here yeah yeah exactly so thinking about designated survivor a good show by the way um yeah it is a good show if the, if the designated survivor, I get it, it's fiction. If the designated survivor thing were a thing back then, then technically there should have been somebody who was not present. I think it's always been a thing. Yeah, I mean, it? yeah, but uh, again, this is a fake story, so who knows if you right. know they were even thinking about such a thing. But if the designated survivor thing was enacted for this, that means there is a politician somewhere who sh- is now the president of the United States. Not so, but I. I get they don't imply that she's the president, but she's handing out medals like she's the president. So is she the president? I guess she must be. Or is she just a representative of what remains of our country? Is there a governor, like a high-ranking governor from one of the states who can step up here? So designated survivor, this procedure oriented in the 1950s near the Cold War Mm. uh, with the risk of nuclear attack. Makes sense. Makes sense. If such an event occurred, the surviving official highest in the line of succession is uh, designated the presidential succession. Oh, okay. So the Presidential Succession Act of 1947. Uh, That person would become the president. Consequently, individual named as a designated survivor must be eligible to serve as president. Yeah, because uh, uh, you got to meet all those different requirements. So, I mean, yeah. there's people who are in political office who don't meet all the requirements of being a president. Uh, in practice, the designated survivor is usually a member of the president's cabinet mm-hmm. and is chosen by the president. Wow, it's actually got a list of everybody who's been a uh, designated survivor since 1981 on here. Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. So, yeah, I guess it changed. What does it change? Like with every president, does it change with like every year? Uh, like, oh, this year, well, my my uh, my secretary of Homeland it, Security is going to be my designated survivor. It, it, well, it, does, it looks like every year is a different person. Interesting. Um, Like this one is like in 90 and 81 is Terrell Bell position, secretary of education. And it skips two years. So I get maybe he stayed for, for a couple of years. 84, Samuel Price, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. 85, Margaret Heckler, Secretary of Health and Human Services. 80, another, no, oh, this is weird. So that was January 1st of 85, and then February 6th of 85, somebody different. Um, Malcolm Baldridge, Secretary of Commerce. Maybe there was a resignation February of or firing. 86, yeah. Like a lot of them's like Secretary of Agriculture or Education, Veteran Affairs, Transportation. So like stuff in- like that. In the in the TV show's case, it was uh, he was the secretary of housing and development, right? Yeah, yeah. Which that's on here a couple times too. Yeah. So right now, um, it's not saying who it is. It's undisclosed, which as it should be. (laughs) So yeah, we don't want. Yeah. Who was the last one? 
Uh, shows February 4th, 2020 was uh, David Bernhardt, the Secretary of the Interior. Interesting. I don't know interior of what, but interior. The interior of the White House. Duh. No, I, mean, I have no. <laughs> The United States Secretary of the Interior is the head of the United States Department of the Interior. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That that summed it up right there. That was like the most, like, government answer to a government question. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. (sighs) Let's see. (laughs) Oh, the Secretary of the Department of the Interior are responsible for the management and conservation of the most federal land and natural resources. Ah, uh, okay, that uh, makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> that interior is easier to say than but federal the, land and natural that, resources. <laughs> the, the United States Secretary of Interior is the head of the United States Department of the Interior. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Brilliant. Anywho. Yes. And so, consequently, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's my second favorite scene of the whole movie is when they destroy Congress. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of my quotable lines. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> they blew up Congress. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <sighs> All right. <Whew. laughs> yes, they blew they blew up Congress. Ha ha ha. Um I, there was another line I thought that came out. Oh, I'm actually at that scene right now. They blew up Congress? Uh, he, he hasn't blown it up yet. He he just pulled oh. that little silver strip out of his little cake oh, thingy. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan's looking smug. <laughs> and boom! Now he's killing Congress. Oh yeah. Destroy Congress. They're all destroying Congress. I love the red and green skeletons, by the way. So, do you know why they're red and green? Uh, I'm assuming it has something to do with the lasers coming out of the guns, but there's probably a different reason. Do you know why Tim Burton made them red and green? Oh, no, I have no idea why he made them red and green. Because they had a Christmas release date. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling telling me in the time that he was making this movie, he... And knowing that movies notoriously get like postponed and stuff like that, he's like, "Oh, this is a Christmas movie. Let's do red and green." Yeah, it came out December thirteenth, so that's what I read. At least it had a Christmas around Christmas release date, so he made the lasers red and green. Yeah. Okay, so I guess there is no other line. She for some reason I had it in my head. She said something else after the "Oh, they're blowing up Congress." Blah 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 blah. But then that um. Oh, it was the donut lady. The donut lady is like, maybe they don't be liking the humans. <laughs> maybe they don't be liking the, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, anyway uh, what other scenes do you have? I got a couple. Um, of course, the whole uh, first contact scene was great. Of course. Uh, just all of it. And when they come out and how the... Uh, the walkway looks like a tongue coming out, rolling out. Yeah. And then they come down and. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if. So, OK, your thoughts on the on the translator. They just put this together all of a sudden. 
oh, we can understand what they're saying, so let's make a translator. Yeah, right, whatever. Well, so, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so I, I really don't think that what we're hearing them say is what they're actually saying, you know? Like, we come in peace, they could have said something completely different, but the translator is a piece of garbage, so we really don't know, you know? I, I think that's the... the they're, that's one of the driving points of the translator is the fact that they, they'll never truly understand what they're saying because when back when they first debuted the translator and they were trying to decipher that message that the Martian ambassador had uh, projected to Earth and stuff like that, that translation was complete BS. Like, So here's the translation from beginning to end. All green of skin. 800 centuries ago, their bodily fluids include the birth of half-breeds. For the fundamental truth, self-determination of the cosmos, for dark is the suede that mows like a harvest. And that's literally what the translator got out of what that Martian was saying. And one of the generals, yeah. General Decker, was like, what the hell does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> so, I actually... <laughs> watching that scene as a kid, like... I, it never like it, I guess it just flew over my head. I'm just like, oh, this is dumb. This is dumb. But when I did my last rewatch of this movie and it got to the end, for dark is the suede that mows like a harvest. For some reason, I just started cracking up. It's so stupid. It's so stupidly dumb that a bunch of intelligent people are sitting around here listening to this bullshit. And it's just like, oh, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Except for the one general who's like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I don't truly believe they knew, like, when the translator's like, we come in peace, we come in peace. No, I don't think that's what they were saying at uh, all. Yeah, I don't think that's what they're saying at all either. And I don't think the um, dove but... was the catalyst that began the Martian well, no, Earth War because either. Then when, um, when they blew up Congress, uh, Natalie Portman's character says... Well, guess it wasn't the dove. No, it definitely wasn't the dove. And if they if they had no intentions of blowing up or invading, they wouldn't have sent hundreds of these ships to yeah. surround Earth. They would have sent one convoy and would have been like, hey, we come in peace. We need your resources. You know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Um. So uh, I'll reach that whole sequence there from beginning to end. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then also, I like this scene. I think it's funny when she's driving the bus and she sees her kids playing arcade <laughs> games and stops, <laughs> grabs them, throws them on the bus, and everybody's clapping. So I can totally picture mom doing that. <laughs> and she yes. probably would have been a little meaner about it, but I can totally yeah. picture mom doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Anywho. Mom. Love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was actually my third scene, too, was the whole initial first contact thing. It's there's something there's something iconic about these alien movies, you know, like these alien invasion movies, uh, whether it's like Mars Attacks, War of the Worlds, um, things like that. I I'll even throw out the really funny um, Monsters versus Aliens yeah, animated movie. Do you ever see that? Yeah. 
uh, Stephen no. Colbert is playing the president, and he's doing the initial contact, and he's playing the piano. There's something just iconic about these first contact scenes that just it makes it truly feel like an alien movie. So it's got it. You got to have that scene, no matter how silly, stupid, or even intense it is. Coincidentally, my favorite Star Trek movie is First, first contact. contact. It is the best Star Trek movie ever made. And I yep. will I will fight anybody who disagrees with me on that one. I 100% agree. That's what Star Trek was meant to be. Yep. We can we can argue at any time about breaking it down by the different sections like the original cast, the new cast and things like that. Certainly, but if we're going to clump all the Star Trek movies together into one pile, First Contact will always be on the top of that list. Now I want to watch First Contact. <laughs> what else you got for scenes? Do you have anything else? Um, I don't have anything else. Me neither. And we've already started diving into quotes, so let's continue this one. So, there's one, <laughs> there's one where President Dale. I knew you were going to say that one first because that's on my first on my list too. Oh, <laughs> uh, the one about the two or three branches of government. Yeah, I want the people to know that they still have two out of the three branches of the government working for them, and that ain't bad. That ain't bad. <laughs> I was like, man, they're lucky. They have two of the three working for them. I don't feel like we have any of them working for us right, right now. <laughs> two That's out funny. of the three? Man, that 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 must be like a vacation for the United States of America having two of three. I love that line. And it's just the way he delivers it. He delivers it that like yeah. gravitas fake smile, that Jack Nicholson Joker smile. Like, that ain't bad. It's perfect. Yeah. Actually, um, the first one that I had on my list was So apparently, uh, when they were writing the script, they didn't know what the language for the Martians were gonna was gonna be, so they just wrote "ack ack ack" and they kept it. I mean, it, it's perfect. Why make up a language when yeah. you can just go "ack ack ack ack"? Um, damn, my next line is also from President Dale. They they gave him some good lines. Um, he says, "Rest assured that we will soon come out." At a very real outcome. That line just makes like zero sense. It's like redundant. <laughs> the yeah. Department of Redundancy Department wrote that line. There you go. Uh, let's see one that I have. When uh, Billy Jean saying or Billy Glenn, not Billy Jean, Billy not Jean. Michael Jackson. Billy Jean. Yes. <laughs> uh, when Billy Glenn saying bye, Grandma goes bye bye, Grandma. Goodbye, Thomas. It's Billy Glenn, Grandma. I know Thomas. <laughs> and I was found. I found found it weird too. Like when he gets on the bus, they're literally on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, and that's where the bus picks him up. Like no bus stop, no buildings anywhere. He's just standing there on the side of the road. Yeah, I mean nothing around. He's not being picked up by like. He's not going to MEPS or anything like that. He's just being picked up on the side of the road. I, I don't know. Which I also thought, so this movie takes place within a couple of days, correct? Yeah, essentially. Okay, so it looked to me like he got picked up that morning on the bus. And he was already thrown into service that afternoon when they arrived and he's setting barricades. 
Yeah, because he was like no joining the service, right? Yeah, he, he was wasn't already service, in, right? right? No. Yeah, so he didn't go no, to boot they just camp, did boot camp and everything. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what I'm ta- that's what I mean. Like he didn't go to the military entrance processing center, nope. uh, not going to boot camp or anything like that. It's like, "Hey, I want to join the army. Here's your uniform, here's your gun. Let's go to DC." Yep. Yeah, no. It <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> doesn't work that way. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, granted, I didn't join in 1996, but I imagine it didn't work that way in 1996. But no. they're also, this movie is a parody of a lot of different movies from the 50s and 60s, uh, even in the 70s and stuff like that. And you'll notice that a lot of the themes and tones within this movie, yeah, it's supposed to be taking place in modern times, but there's also a lot of these older themes and stuff like that, too. The uniform, for instance, the uniform that um, he's wearing was a uniform that was actually issued in the 70s not in the 90s and stuff like that so you're going to see a lot of these flashbacks and these callbacks so maybe at the time that he goes off and joins they already know of the martians and stuff like that maybe there's this unwritten storyline somewhere in the backstory that uh they were calling everybody to arms and he just answered the call. But still, no training or anything like that. I, I still think he would have gone through some semblance of training before being put on the front line. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I'm not sure if you know this. I'm kind of skipping around right now. But go ahead. this movie is actually based on a controversial set of trading cards. I have a whole... Yeah, I have a whole thing about that. Absolutely. So, you want to discuss that now? Yeah, I'll read what I have, and then you could Perfect. chime in if you want. Go. Um, in 1962, the Topps Company, uh, best known for its iconic baseball cards, uh, infuriated quite a lot of parents by releasing some subversive new collectibles. Mars Attacks was a bubblegum trading card series that chronicled a fictitious alien invasion. In total, there were 55 cards, each adorned with a grim painting by comic book artist Norman Saunders, and many of these images were downright unsettling. One card showed a giant insect decapitating a naked woman in a shower room. <laughs> Another featured a dog being vaporized right in, from, in front of its owner and small child. Within months, of the, within months, the set was discontinued, but America hadn't seen the last of Mars attacks. Despite the controversy, the gruesome cards found an underground following, and in 1984, the original 55 were reissued. Since then, Topps has put forth dozens of Mars Attacks products from new cars to comic books to action figures. Meanwhile, first edition 1962 cards have become serious collector items. In 2008, a mint condition copy copy, uh, of just one card sold for $3,600 at an auction sale. Now, if you actually looked at the actual cards, you can find them on the Internet. The Martians in those cards in 1962 are the exact same Martians in this movie. So they didn't like almost exactly with the helmets, the brains, everything. Yeah. They did a really good job, uh, trying to stay true to those cards. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And you, you, you dug a lot more into the cards than I did. I, I dug into the story that the cards were trying to tell a little bit more. So the cards form a story arc, which talk about the invasion of earth by, these Martians, under the command of a Martian government who are concealing from the rest of the Martian populace, that Mars is about to explode. So therefore, the colonization of Earth is a necessity for their race to survive. So these cards 
like you were talking about, depict these futuristic battles, these bizarre attacks, torture and slaughter of humans, and everything else like that. Um, the story concludes with an expeditionary force of humans volunteering to embark on a counterattack on Mars, in which the Earth Force attacks the Martians in their manner, bayonetting and bullets and things like that. And this necessitates the Martians that are still on Mars to defend their home world. Uh, the Earth attack forces, after destroying the Martian cities and killing the Martians, depart just before Mars is destroyed uh, in the predicted cataclysm, thus ensuring that the safety of Earth uh, from any further Martian invasion is possible. So that's the original story that these cards were trying to tell. Cool. Yeah. So you kind of so we get we definitely got the we got the Mars invasion. We've got the cruel and unusual tactics and uh killing people, I guess. I mean just ray gun and you know um ray gun and turning people into skeletons maybe the cruel and unusual practices of what they did on the humans they experimented on that they took back to their ships you know putting sarah jessica yeah. parker's head on a dog and there's pierce brosnan's head just hanging there uh things like that and so all his body parts are hanging there too yeah so all these different uh weird things that they did but uh i i, I liked the story that uh the writers came up with for the movie about how to defeat the Martians versus what the original storyline created. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that song, man, I had completely forgotten about that song when I sat down to do this rewatch. And then when it came on, I'm just like, Oh my God, this is going to be playing in my head for the rest of like eternity. Now it's like, Ooh, <laughs> Uh, I, they just showed the first lady get killed by the chandelier. Oh yeah, I'm almost to that part. See, all right. So now here, I guess this is a nitpick. I, I we're really jumping around now. So the kids, the two kids, the kids of the bus driver Pam Greer, are in the White House doing a White House tour, and they have all of a sudden broken away from their White House tour. They notice that the president and the first lady are being pulled in different directions by the. Secret Service, right? And yeah. oh, here she's about to die. Bye, bye, bye. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, the kids are telling the Secret Service like what to do. Like they're yeah. they're yeah. they're like, get that president out of here. What are you doing? It's like, I, it's crazy in my mind. I guess I don't know if that's really a nitpick or just like I don't know. It's just crazy. This movie's crazy. Well, those kids looked what a couple years apart. Yeah. So usually when you do a school field trip, it's uh with your class. Yeah. What so, happened to the rest of the class? Both. How did they get separated from yeah. the rest of the class? And I don't know how they're both there either. If it's it, just your class. But... And I'm sorry, you know, this is the White House. They have training for invasions, <laughs> uh, emergencies <laughs> that happen in the. All of a sudden, nobody seems to know what the hell they're doing. Well, that and is, there's two kids running around and buck. Without. When there's the, they're getting the president out, uh, he goes, shouldn't we go through there? And like, oh, I'm sorry, they're doing a tour right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> to hell with the tour. Push those tour people out of the way. You got to get the president out of there. Goodness. Oh, it's like, oh, this is the only way to safety. Oh, there's a tour happening right there. Well, to hell with them. Bring them along. I don't care. Yeah. Anywho. 
Where were we? Oh, I don't even know anymore. Quotes. <laughs> Quotes. We just been kind of jumping around <laughs> everywhere. There's one that Pierce Brosnan's character says, um, Professor Kessler. He says, we know they're extremely advanced technologically, which suggests, very rightfully so, that they're peaceful. An advanced civil civilization, by definition, is not barbaric. I'm pretty sure that line was laughing at the human race in itself because we are in in essentially as far as we know until we can prove life elsewhere in the universe if you want to believe that type of thing we are an advanced society but our advanced society our advanced technologies and stuff like that we're still barbaric in a lot of ways, and that's very evident in the way that we treat each other as humans and the, mm. the senseless killing and the wars and the things that we do to each other, all in the almighty dollar, all in the name of whatever deity you want to believe in, things like that. We are, no matter where we are technologically or advanced as a society, we're still barbaric in a lot of ways. So I really think that line is a laugh at the human race. like. We think ourselves so great that we're not barbaric. Therefore, anybody who would be beyond us would inherently be non-barbaric as well. Yeah. Word. Word. <laughs> I, I had to get deep for at least one line in this movie. All right. <laughs> Uh, the only one that I have written down was when Richie was talking to his grandma. He goes, I bet you're psyched about the Martians coming, grandma. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you've seen a lot of crazy stuff already. Must have been real scared when they invented the train. She goes, well, <laughs> come on, kid. I'm not that old. <laughs> one of my favorite things, he's like, he's so obsessed with donuts. When they make their Mars yeah. symbol, he's like, oh, look, they made the Ooh. international sign of donut. <laughs> <for> donut. <laughs> So obsessed with his damn donuts. Don't That's all think? I got for quotable lines. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. <laughs> um, and I, I, I guess I've already gone over my nitpick. So I got one more nitpick. All right, go ahead. Um, or maybe it's just observation. But for some reason, when the Martians are on their ship, they're all walking around in red shiny underwear. Okay. It's just an observation. <laughs> like none of them wear clothes; they just wear red shiny underwear when they're all walking around. Every single one of them, except for like the head dude. Hmm. It is kind of weird. Like, can't they just wear their spacesuits without the helmet? Yeah, or something—a t-shirt, yeah, <laughs> pants, yeah, shorts instead of red shiny underwear. Let me show you what you're missing—a pair of pants. It's like the Lego Movie. Where are my pants? Or have you seen my pants or whatever it is? Um, yeah, that is, that is kind of weird. I've never really thought about it. But yeah, they're just all walking around in underwear. At least they're wearing something. Mm -hmm. True. Otherwise, it would have been an R. Well, they also movie, did sure. say, though, that they, did, they didn't have any genitalia when they dissected one of them. Well, neither do Barbie dolls, but people still sexualize those. So, I mean... No, I'm saying if they didn't wear the red shiny underwear and wore nothing, well, be you nothing wouldn't see. see. Yeah, you wouldn't see anything. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Anywho, anywho, ah, the, 
really never really thought about it, but yeah, I guess it is kind of weird. Huh. So, yeah. what would you rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? Dumb. <laughs> um... Um, hold on, let me check though. my rating system here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dumb doesn't fall on that spectrum. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know, like a five or six. Okay, just, that's it's, fair. It, it's, it's not supposed to have a good plot. No. It's just supposed to be a, a dumb, silly movie that's, you know, makes you laugh. Yeah. And with a whole bunch of stars in it. That's exactly it. That's what I said. I give it a six two. It's not the best movie, but will no doubt entertain you, and yeah. give, even give you a laugh here and there. I mean, yep. I still laugh at it. It's stupid. It really is. Any miscellaneous thoughts as we wrap up? Um. Let's see. So the Martian girl costume had no zipper or buttons. To make it as smooth as possible, so she had li- literally be sewn into it every day. That sucks. Yeah. Uh. So okay, we kind of touched on this a little earlier in the first drafts of the script and the novelization. The Martians' ray guns had a variety of lethal graphic effects. Victims were bisected. Uh, body parts were cut off. Huge holes were blown through them. Other victims were melted, shredded, or turned into flame. To avoid to avoid a R rating, the producers toned down the effects of the Martian rays, and victims were reduced to skeletons. I kind of want to see this dark vision yeah. that he had. Re- uh, release I... the Tim Burton cut. <laughs> I'm going to start the hashtag. Uh, the producers wanted to use the heat ray sound effect from Paramount Pictures' War of the Worlds from 1953 as the sound the Martians' ray guns made, but Paramount, Paramount refused permission to do so. Oh, that sucks. What happened, yeah. Whatever happened to cooperation? Um, Tim Burton had one of the Martians to be uh, stop animation to begin with, but he went CGI instead. I read that and that he'd even talked to the guy who directed um, Nightmare Before Christmas about possibly coming to do it, but apparently that guy got busy with another wonderful little film, James and the Giant Peach. Um, And so they ultimately, they just decided to go ahead and do it live action. But I think it would have been an interesting film in that stop motion animation style. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm glad they did what they did, but I still think it would have been an interesting film. Well, and like I said, uh, as bad as the CGI is, that's what makes the movie good. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, my dog's barking. So <laughs> bored to be quiet. He barks, uh, he, dogs walk by, like going for with their owners going on walks, and he barks at all of them. I'm like, dude, they're not gonna, they're not hurting you. They're just walking by. <sighs> My dogs bark at the landscapers all the time. Like, they're just trying to do their job. Calm down. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the, the thoughts I have. I've got a few that I've got on my list here real quick. So, ventriloquist Jeff Dunham uses the Martian eyes for his Ahmed the Dead Terrorist puppet. 
So those eyes that he uses are from the puppets of the Martians, like when they had the non-moving Martians. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then, let's see, um, a little blurb about, you know, this is Natalie Portman's first science fiction movie, and her next one was Star Wars Episode One from 1999, Queen Amidala. And that's literally all I had. That's all we have for this movie? That was a short podcast. I know. It's kind of weird. Are we sure we don't have any other tangents to go on? Yeah, usually we'd go off like 10 of them. Hell, the movie's not even over yet. I know, right? (laughs) Godzilla's attacking. I just saw that. Kind of funny making him a mark. Well, okay then. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I I guess <laughs> I guess this wraps this up. Um, we really did fly through that one, but that's okay. That's okay. Next one is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some guests on for the next one, and we're going to be talking about. Yeah, we're going to be talking about a movie, which is I what we do on this podcast. Movie. I don't even know where to find that movie. I know Amazon. I don't have that movie. Amazon just rent yeah. it. I guess I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Or you know, if you if you really want to buy it and put it on Voodoo, no, just rent it. Don't buy it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's like four bucks or so, maybe I'll buy it. Yeah. Because it's almost the same price as renting Ooh, it. But... It might actually be on HBO. So, stay tuned, guys. Thank you for joining us for this one. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Like I said, on the next one, we're gonna have some guests joining us. Uh, really awesome people that. Uh, I can't wait to share with y'all. I've been on their show once before and had an absolute blast with them. So I can't wait for y'all to get to know them as well. And then uh, make sure that you are staying safe out there. If you do go to the movies, there's a lot of great movies out right now. Uh, You still have, as my brother said, uh, the James Bond movie going on right now. There's, uh, I believe, uh, Xi Ching and the uh, Xi Ching still playing. Is that is that true? Yes, I actually just looked up the Blu-ray release date is November 30th, so it should still be at the theater for a little while. Nice. Uh, um, I still haven't made it out to see, see that, and I, I gotta find it's, a day it's, off to it's, go. It's worth seeing it in the theater. I don't want to add um, that to the list of MCU movies I miss in theaters. Uh, so yeah, that and Venom's still out too. I haven't seen that yet. I want to go see that. <sighs> I, I, I want to see it because I really liked the first one, but I keep hearing so many things about the second one it makes me very hesitant. I don't I know better things. than to listen to, to people. Yeah. Um, Although I want y'all to listen to us, guys. Listen to us. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. Anyway, yeah, we so don't know so what we're talking about, and we don't talk about <laughs> new movies anyway. You know, no. Um, um, Dune, I actually want to see that in the theater, though. So I might see that in theater, not watch it on HBO that, Max. That's fair. And the only reason I decided to go ahead and watch it on HBO is because I knew that wasn't one I would want to go see in theater. But now that I've watched yeah. it, I could see how it... I mean, it's a stunningly beautiful movie. And, I, you know, I've got all the surround sound set up. I watched it in the dark. It was beautiful to watch at home, but I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more in the movie. So that at the theater. So that's one of those things I wish I had gone to see it at theaters. Cause I sat down with very low expectations on this movie and I was very stunned. And now I wish yeah. I would have gone and just taken the time to do it. It's kind of like the matrix movie. I told myself with the new matrix movie coming out in December 
that I was going to just watch it at home. But then I sat there and thought about it. It's like, Mm-mm. I no. have to go see this movie in theater. That is a theater movie. And if I don't do it, I'm not doing myself any justice. Word word so guys stay safe out there if you are going to go see those movies there's a bunch of great movies coming out that like we just talked about uh you got the eternals you got spider-man you've got uh the new matrix movie coming out in december so much stuff to look forward to and of course a huge shout out to uh all the episodes that came before this one so far in season three so we have discussed a lot of great things galaxy quest steven joined us on that one the sandlot speed And then, of course, our last episode on movie mistakes and plot holes. And I actually uh, cannot wait to explore more episodes like that that aren't movie specific as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Yeah, those are fun. Yeah, they are fun. I I feel like we don't feel limited. I mean, we we bounce around during these movie specific episodes, but I love being able to just really have free reign when we're just doing a general discussion. Uh, So yeah, more of those on the way so i feel like this is the end of the lord of the rings that i've been trying to end this episode like several times and we just keep bouncing back so i'm yeah. just gonna go ahead and end this and uh we will see you next time at the movies peace, peace.